Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mouth Sword Ministries. I'm your host, Timothy Aaron, and I'm joined with Rhonda Kay. All right, we're going to um, talk marriage questions today. But before we get into it, I want to pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for your much mercy, uh, your mercy, your much mercy towards me. I know that um, I can't make it without you and for your mercy and for your patience with me. And I'm just grateful and thankful for for that and um, for everything else you've done for me for, for providing and, and uh, keeping me strong and healthy. I just give you praise, glory and honor for that. And we just thank you for that, Lord. We know that um, we can be set back in so many different ways, but, but it's because of you that we are doing good. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. We're going to um, talk marriage uh, questions today. Marriage is one of the things that we're going to talk about a lot on this uh, podcast because we need to. You know, marriages are under attack and marriages are failing all the time and marriages are very dysfunctional and and we need to get some better answers you know than what's out there it's it's not pleasing to god because the bible says god hates divorce you know and god wants us to glorify him in our marriage so let's talk marriage today um let's take some marriage questions you have a question for me i do okay is being married i mean is being in love the priority for marriage is being in love the priority for marriage? And the short answer for that is no, it's not. Uh, we, when you look in the Bible, uh, Old Testament uh, especially, you see uh, arranged marriages. So um, the the bride and the groom didn't even know each other in most cases, you know. So there was no love there. Uh, the priority for marriage is being right with God. You know, you you want to carry yourself. Um, in uh, righteousness, so you, you don't want to be a fornicator. So that's why you get married, not to be a fornicator. So that's the priority of marriage, to be right with God. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, uh, a father would, would, would um, you know, arrange with another father uh, a marriage. And, there, and the dowry would be exchanged and all that. And a lot of times the bride and the groom didn't even know each other, you know. And uh, so they might have eventually fell in love over time, but the priority was it was business in the business of God being righteous and not being sinful and fornicators and stuff. So, no, uh, being in love is not the priority. You know, a lot of times you watching TV shows and and you see that that's as if that's the priority being in love, you know, where uh, a guy say, I think I'm a married so and so. And then the father say, are you do you love her? <laughs> like that's the priority and it's not about that you know because when you think about it that's those are feelings and feelings change the feelings the feelings are up one day they down one day they left they right they all over the place but when you understand the priority then you understand not to base a marriage on feelings and base it on the word of god be, being right with god so i hope uh hope that was a good answer for somebody you have another one i do mm-hmm. what's the grounds for divorce grounds for divorce um People, people say, what's the grounds for divorce with an S? But I think there's only one ground for divorce. And, uh, and we see that in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said it twice. So it was very important if he said it twice on two different occasions that the ground for divorce is a wife that commits fornication. And the reason why I say the wife and not a spouse, because when I listen to 
Christian radio at work, they always say a spouse, a spouse that commits fornication. But, but the, Jesus didn't say that. He said in detail, in detail, he said a wife that commits fornication. Why? Because the Apostle Paul gives us a divine order. He says Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of the woman. And then in Ephesians 6 and 1, it says children obey your parents. So the woman is the head of the child. So you have a divine order with God. And because the woman was made for the man, according to to the Apostle Paul in the book of Timothy, Jesus said it this way. He said only the ground for divorce is when a wife commits fornication. So that's it. And now Apostle Paul teaches us that a person can remarry if their spouse uh, abandons the marriage, whether that be a husband or a wife. But other than that, just to just to divorce your uh, mate, it has to be a wife that committed fornication, and that's it. So you need to understand that because you can really go down a, a dark path if you divorce for the wrong reason. People have come up with so many different reasons over the years, even in the church. But Jesus only gave that one exception. A wife that commits fornication. Okay, you have an, you have another one. Yes. What can be done to save a marriage? What can be done to save a marriage? Well, I think the first thing you have to, you know, uh, ask both both the husband and the wife is if their priority is God. Mm-hmm. You know, God has to be the foundation. You know, I've heard you say that several mm-hmm. times. God has to be the foundation because that helps you prioritize things because mm-hmm. it always comes back to God. You know, it, it, it doesn't come down to, uh, you know, your likes and dislikes and your wants and wants. When you understand that it's about being right with God and he's the foundation and he's the priority, then you got to tough it out. You got to you got to do what you need to do and, and put the rest in God's hands because you can't change the other person, right. you know. And uh, so you got to just put it in God's hands, do your part. And I think when you take that mentality, you know, it would work itself out. Mm-hmm. You know, it would, it would work out because God didn't create uh, a marriage to fail because this is God's creation, marriage. You know, it's his, it's his will for us to marry. And it's, it's his will for us to get it right. But a lot of times we get our priorities off track. And, um, and I think if when, uh, when, when, when a couple are, you know, at each other's throat and they just can't stand each other and they've gotten to that point, something something is really wrong. It tells me God wasn't the foundation to begin with. But one thing that you can do is just give each other some space. You know, even even if it's within the house, and that's really what I'm saying, within the house, I'm not saying leave. I'm just saying if you got if you got an apartment, if you got a house, a condo, where you can give each other some space, that's all you got to do for starters instead of just going to divorce. You know, uh, get a, get the other bedroom. You start sleeping in the other bedroom. There's nothing in the Bible that says that uh, you have to sleep in the same bed. You know, that's what we learn from television. And so it could be that very thing while y'all are at each other's throat because y'all just too familiar and in, 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 in each other's space all the time. Give each other some space. Think about things with a clear head. And then you might learn how to appreciate each other going forward you know so that's what I say Um, you know especially if both of you are saved you understand you have obligations as Christians to do your part you know and uh, to to take care of each other from a Christian perspective and then just give each other some space you know Uh, if 
if you got an extra bedroom in the house, one of you could take the extra bedroom and just sleep in the extra bedroom. And then y'all learn how to miss each other. There was a, it's not a scripture, but there was a saying, absence make the heart grow fonder, mm-hmm. you know? And then the other, other saying is familiarity breeds contempt, which means when you're around each other all the time, you get on each other's nerves. So um, I'll just say that, you know, just learn how to give each other some space and, and uh, just keep doing your part as a believer. And, and it'll get better. It'll get better. What do you think about all that? I mean, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have another question for me? I do. Mm-hmm. Do you have to be legally married to be married with God? Do you have to be legally married to be married with God? And the short answer for that is no. If you've heard any of the previous podcasts out there, I've touched on this before. Um, and that's a big one. I, I recently heard a preacher on TV go on and on and on about shacking up, shacking up, shacking up. And there's no such sin as shacking up. And uh, so that needs to be said, first of all. That's just something that people just started saying in the 1900s, you know, probably the middle 1900s at that. So that's a new thing that, that man has added <coughs> to the commandments of God. And that's a terrible thing to do is to add to the word of God. Uh, Proverbs 30 and five, I can't say that enough. Uh, it, t- it tells us that you, you should not add to the word of God or you be considered a liar if you do. Um, uh, he, he was teaching, I believe in Matthew. I mean, in, uh, in the book of Timothy, uh, I wanna say first Timothy chapter five or somewhere, it talks about forbidding to marry. And forbidding to marry, that's talking about to me when there's some system in place telling you that you can't marry. And that's not what shacking up does. You know, that's just a choice that two people have made to live together apart from the state, which is really not a bad thing. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. You know, um, the Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And Paul calls the, the courts, uh, the, the law, the body of unbelievers. You know, so it's really probably a wise thing not to get legally married with the state because they are unbelievers. But <clears throat> forbidding to marry is talking more about what, what, to me, what the Catholic Church does when they tell the priest, in order to be a righteous man of God, you got to be, you got to take a, a vow of celibacy and you need to stay by yourself and dedicate your entire life to the work of God. And, and it's that what I think that scripture is talking about forbidding to marry, because as we saw, as we seeing the Catholic Church has committed so much, so much fornication in the act of homosexuality and pedophilia, the Catholic priest, you know, because they're not supposed to marry. They're not supposed to marry. They, they are forbidden to marry. If you want to hold this office, then you can't marry. You can't have a wife. So what do they do when they start getting their manly urges they start looking at little altar boys and they start looking at each other and then they go down this terrible path of uh, homosexuality acts and stuff and so I believe that's what that scripture is talking about but no you know in um, the case of uh, I'm thinking about an Old Testament story where <coughs> Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for Isaac and he found Rebecca <coughs> and um the servant got Rebecca and brought Rebecca back to the camp where Isaac was staying. And the Bible says that Isaac took her into his dead mother's tent 
and she became his wife. She became his wife in the tent. What happened in the tent? Mm-hmm. They got busy. Mm-hmm. They consummated their their marriage in sex, and that's what that's what Jesus taught marriage is. He says. Therefore shall a man leave father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. They are no longer two but one. And then he says, Wherefore, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder, let not man separate. So this is God's definition of what marriage is. So this is what God is going to look at when he's looking to see who's married. He's not going to look to see who has a marriage license and who don't. You know, that's not God's word. That's not what God said you have to do. Um, Another thing, a lot of lot of times people say you have to have a marriage license is because the Bible says obey the laws of the land. And the problem with that is a marriage license is not even required by the laws of the land. It's optional. Unless a minor is involved, it's optional. Uh, it's your constitutional right to cohabitate apart from the state if you choose to. So you're not breaking any laws in that regard. So that's another scripture misapplied. And uh I don't know, but I think for political reasons, you know, the American Christian church went down this path and started teaching that you have to go through the state. But I think it's one of the one of the worst teachings in the church today. And it's it's probably led to a lot of uh, fornication because Jesus talks about uh, forsaking the wife of your youth and not and not staying with your first mate, you know, your first spouse. And because a lot of people we're taught that they are not married till you go through the state a lot of people have did just that they have left the wife of their youth and then married somebody else years later and thinking that they're with their first wife right. and they're probably going to get a rude awakening one but they day. don't probably know either. and they probably don't know they might thanks know to the, but they probably don't know thanks to the church you know you know so, so. we got to get back to the word of god and this is ex- this is exactly what i'm talking about you it's know a it's a lot right of there. a lot of bad teaching out there when it comes to marriage and you got a lot of these preachers, I just got to say it, that they have put their financial opportunity uh, ahead of God's word. And so they mm-hmm. teach a lot of politically correct things to teach, but it's not the word of God. Right. You know, um, I, don't, I don't believe God is going to look mm-hmm. to see who has a marriage license and who don't when it comes down to judgment. He's going to look to see, you know, who left a father and mother and, and who cleaved and who stayed together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he's going to look at, his word. So that was a really good question. Mm-hmm. That's um, a pretty good answer, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, there's another thing I want to add to that. Uh, Jesus talked about um, divorce. And then um, Jesus's answer opened up another point for me because he said uh, in Matthew chapter 19, he says, Whosoever puts away his wife, except for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And then this last part, he says, and whosoever marrieth her, that is, put away or or divorce, also commits adultery with her. So the point I want to make is Jesus points out how your marriage can be an adulterous marriage. He said, whosoever marrieth her. Mm-hmm. See, marry with her. He's marry letting you her. know you can marry somebody that you're not supposed to be married to, and he's going to classify it as adultery mm-hmm. because she's not with her original husband. You know, so it's it, it, hey, we need to get back down to the drawing board and get this thing right because I, I believe in the last days. You know, God is going to start dealing with people who are not getting His word right, especially in the area of marriage. 
So so basically, the the man that left his wife, his youth, his first love, mm-hmm. right, causes her to commit adultery. Mm-hmm. Then whoever marries her, he's committed an adultery, adultery too. too. All because of the the man the, that left the 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 wife, the first wife, the first wife. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and he might be thinking he could have been in a um, a consummated serious relationship with this first woman of his but because he didn't go through the state he was taught that he wasn't really married to begin with but that's not so with God mm-hmm. you know and uh, God is going to judge marriage based on his word I can't I can't emphasize that enough he he's not going to go by the marriage license system because it's different in every state some states say two men could be married God ain't concerned with what the states say right. they don't know what marriage is and so for the church to say you have to go through the state, that's just terrible advice, terrible advice. We need to get back to the drawing board and we need to tell people who are living together without a marriage license with the state, hey, you are married. And if that's your first spouse, you need to stay with her. You need to stay with him. Y'all are married. <laughs> so we need to get that right. Okay, those are some really good questions. Like I said, marriage is one of these things that we're going to talk about a lot on Mouse Warrior Ministries and uh, because... When it's all said and done, we don't we don't want to experience the sword in Jesus's mouth and revelations for not getting his word right and for repeatedly not repenting and, and doubling down on our on our, our wrong path. So that's what this this ministry is about is to it, like I said, it's time to reconsider. It's time to reconsider and get back to the drawing board. OK, if you have any questions or comments and you want to comment on this topic or any Bible topic for that matter. We would love to hear from you. You can contact us at uh, thiefinthenightministries.com. That's thiefinthenightministries.com or ministries at gmail.com. Either email will work. We would love to hear from you. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And I want to extend an invitation to accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Um, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and, sa- uh, personal Lord and Savior, why don't you accept him right now? All you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Um, that's a Romans 10 and 9. And then John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you make the decision to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that would be the best choice you have ever made in your entire life. Okay, we're going to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for everything you've done for us, for your mercy, your grace, and your loving kindness, and your favor towards us. We ask that you help the homeless crisis in America and around the world. We ask that you help hurting people who are really looking for answers to get their life on track and to make better choices and decisions. We know people are in poverty. We know people are in relationship problems and just down in the dumps and depressed. And we just ask that you come and visit the hurting and the, and the helpless and the homeless right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, raise us up, we ask, in the mighty name of Jesus so that we can go out there in great power and authority and start rebuking the devil in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. These things we ask and pray. We give you praise always and forever. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen.